Joined by my guy Josh Childress, Jay Chillington, a ten-year-plus NBA vet, overseas professional basketball player, who is now—I'm going to use this term—you can confirm or deny it—the new real estate mogul in Southern California, CEO of Landspire Group, doing multifamily commercial real estate. Josh, we're going to dive into this and really nerd out about what you're up to, but we got to skip the small talk, man, because you got to play overseas, Australia. Greece, from that real estate mindset, man, were you looking at Mykonos or, or uh, you know, as potential real estate options for, you know, your friends and family to potentially go out there with the, the rest of the partiers or is your real estate interest only domestic? Yeah, man, that's, that's a great question. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, you know, you've done a fantastic job in providing a platform for athletes to, to share their story and their journey. So really appreciate that. And um I've looked international, uh, you know, and, and we as a firm are looking internationally. Uh, a park, a small owner of a team in Australia, um, the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. So we are, uh, you know, hopeful that we can do some real estate uh, to or create some real estate opportunities in Australia. Uh, and I didn't fully understand real estate back when I was in Greece, but uh, happy to revisit that at some point. Uh, <laughs> future uh, it's an amazing place to go visit hey man my generation they keep saying mykonos 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 right it's like man if we could you know have land spire have some property over there and like maybe an lp event you know what i'm saying like i'm happy to come and support the cause that's all i'm saying <laughs> we're working on it. <laughs> okay we're in, in process in process sure. uh well i appreciate you you coming on i guess to give some context a lot of nba players you know at the highest level when, when you're playing for such a long time you have the opportunity to dabble in various asset classes, whether that's like venture, real estate, guys are writing books or purchasing vending machines. As I, the last episode I had with CJ Watson, I'm going to assume that you've dabbled in a couple of these areas, but you've obviously gravitated towards real estate. When did you realize real estate was the thing you wanted to participate in and why? That's a great question. And it goes back to when I was a freshman in college. Um, so at Stanford, we get um, our scholarships endowed by some gracious donor. And uh, my scholarship donor was a, a big real estate investor in the Bay Area. His name is John Ariaga. You see his name all over all over Stanford's campus. I was at the Ariaga Rec Center last weekend, so I know yeah. who that is. <laughs> and, you know, fully didn't understand what he did, uh, but got a chance to go to his house and uh, be like, you know, this is, this is elite. So understood that, you know, over the years, he, he built a massive real estate, you know, portfolio in the Bay Area. And I was like, I, I got to do this. Um, so that's part of it. And then, you know, over the course of your career, there are certain things you can invest in, uh, you know, where you can be passive or active. And real estate kind of provides both opportunities. You know, over the course of them, I just started to gravitate towards it more, even though I still invest in other things and, and have for, for a number of years. Real estate is always the foundation of my portfolio and uh, that's what prompted me to start Landspire Group. Yeah, I uh, real estate is, it's not, I wouldn't say it's acquired taste, but I think certain kind of people gravitate towards that more so than the tech side. 
you know, you, you obviously went to Stanford and you're in like Silicon Valley and like you see the tech bubble and, and et cetera. It's, it's interesting how you chose that versus probably the, the other tech focused crowd that was around you. I spent a ton of time around tech, but at the end of the day, I just, I like the tangibility of going and being able to, you know, knock on the door and, and walk a property. And, and, uh, I just, I like that aspect, uh, but you know, the Stanford community is very tech focused and tech forward. And uh, I would love to, uh, I think, spend more time in that space, you know, over the years, but I, you know, having left and not been back for a little while and not been entrenched in the ecosystem, it's hard to just jump back in, you know? And so, yeah. you know, where I live currently, Orange County, California is more real estate focused. Oof. OC, man. When we talk about, let's, let's set the stage. You're based in Orange County, uh, Landspire, you know, headquartered there in Orange County, man. Between Laguna, Dana Point, Costa Mesa, Huntington Beach, like dog, I you gotta have some property in OC if you have the the finances. I mean that obviously that's a big real estate hub. Uh, can you speak about the network and sort of the real estate community in Orange County, and is is that what inspired you to like be based there? No, I mean you know, and the network here is crazy. Uh, although there's a lot more, let's say you know UCLA, USC uh, alums here in Orange County. <laughs> Stanford alums, but um, no, I just, my friends lived here, you know, so okay. my, my year, you know, when I got drafted, I was up in LA and like Marina Del Rey area, all of my friends were out here in, 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 in OC. So eventually you just, you kind of gravitate towards where your people are. And I've been here, shoot, I mean, that's, that was 2006. So I've been here ever since um, and always enjoy being down here. And, you know, I've really kind of built my network of friends and, and you know, business partners and things down here as well. So uh, OC yeah. is pretty serious, it's relaxed. Um, you know, you mentioned Laguna and, and Newport and all those areas, but it's just a chill place to live. And uh, I love it, man. Man, OC is so chill. But to be in entrepreneurship mode, there's like no chill, like no chill <laughs> gill, right? So it's like. What compelled you to start this group and what is your main focus? So give us the Landspire breakdown. Yeah. So Landspire started, I, uh, I tapped in on my former college teammate and roommate, Justin Davis. Uh, so I'd known him forever. You know, we were, he took me on my recruiting trip to Stanford. Uh, so we're boys and we're talking about legacy. We're talking about impact. We're talking about, you know, ways to kind of create a foundation for ourselves and our families, you know, for the future. And real estate was the, the, the foundation for that. And so we, when we had those conversations, we were talking through infrastructure and how to best serve our communities. I'm from, you know, born and raised in the Compton area. He grew up in the, in the Berkeley, uh, you know, Oakland area. And, you know, we kept coming back to real estate. And so we just said, like, we should be working together. Uh, we know each other well. We know each other's strengths and weaknesses. We know how we show up. You know, you know, as, as athletes, it's, it's super important to have, you know, somebody that you feel is, is there shoulder to shoulder with you and, and ready for the grind. Uh, and so I retired in 2019 and we started the company that same year conceptually, um, you know, and then formally in 2020. So happy that we did it, man. It's, it's been, it's been a grind, no question, um, you know, no a journey, but we're trying to build something really special and uh, something that we can be proud of. So you guys do invest in a couple, it seems like a couple of different spaces, but would you say multifamily and commercial is the main focus? Yeah. Multifamily is... Our primary focus is what we've done the okay. most. Of. Uh, we have a few new verticals we're standing up, so uh, you know we'll 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 see kind of how those go. But we have assets ranging from multifamily properties to hotel investments to industrial investments to 
Um, you know, we invested in a soundstage studio platform. So across the spectrum, we 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 are opportunistic. Uh, we invest in in high quality assets. Um, you know, with good core fundamentals, and looking to grow that out even further. So we have a new vertical that we're we're focused on, which is sports and entertainment anchor real estate, and wow. uh, you know that leverages our past life, uh, you know, with our current. Uh, and when you when you look through where the growth is happening, where demographics are shifting, and you know, truly where I think catalysts for communities occur, it's usually around sports and entertainment. Uh, and so yeah. we that that thesis, and uh, you know, are building that out in real time. A couple of items here. There's two things here I want to make sure we cover. First of all, respect for not getting tempted by these houses on the OC hills and beaches. Because let me tell you something, man. You being an OC and sticking to the script of like the multifamily, you know, bigger commercial units versus wanting to be like selling Sunset with like OC, man. Like I would be so tempted to dabble in that space. Uh, so like, have you ever been teased there? Uh, not really. Okay. Um, I, I live a little bit further inland. I'm not a big beach guy. I don't, okay. I don't. I don't need that area. Okay. Me right. my, most of my friends and stuff live over there, but yeah, it's a uh, you know there's a lane for it. It's just not my lane. But I know some of the biggest single family brokers and, and agents here in OC, and they they crush it. So yeah, you know that's a vertical in the real estate space that I don't know very well. Uh, yeah. But I mean those guys do really well, and and. Um, I know a couple other basketball players are loosely connected to the selling OC uh, stuff. So, yeah. yeah. So the the selling sunset thing, it's refreshing to hear you're not tempted into that. The second thing that it's crazy to think about is like sports drives culture. And it also with the right organization and the right people in that organization, it uplifts like micro economies. And so I really didn't understand this until we hear about LeBron changing Akron and, and increasing commerce in Cleveland. And then when Victor Wimanyaba now is coming to San Antonio and you're seeing that community start to, to elevate again. And so when you talk about investing in the sports facilities and, and things that can bring community, you know, it's not just because you were a baller. It's because like that is a really great, it seems like a really great real estate investment around uplifting a community, which seems like that's part of your, your thesis and mission for Landspire. For sure. For sure. And, and, you know, most stadiums and arenas are located either in, you know, downtown core areas or areas in the path of growth. Um, and they become their own ecosystem, uh, their own little cities. Historically speaking, most of these, these properties are also in historically black or majority black communities. Uh, right. So when you think about the impact that sports had on my life, and when you just kind of peel back the layers and understand what sports did for, you know, the entire nation or, you know, in the world in general during COVID uh, and, and beyond, I mean, sports is a unifier. It's a community builder. And we want to we want to invest in that. We want to invest in, in the fact that people are going to, you know, to a, a stadium arena 275 nights a year, whether it's a, you know, a sporting event or Disney on ice. Uh, but that thesis for us is really dialed in and based on metrics that we we've, we've studied and, and we understand. Yeah, you you alluded to this just what you just said, but let me jump into the boardroom, a Landspire boardroom. You're evaluating. Let's just talk multifamily. You're evaluating a place where you might make an investment and, and start building a complex in an area. Can you chat about 
the criteria, some of the details you're looking for? What makes an investment like a hell yes for you? There haven't been any hell yeses, but there have been. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> it's just one of those things you, you, you want to be prudent, uh, you know, and you're, you're a fiduciary of people's capital. And so you want to feel very convicted in your thesis and in why you're investing in an area. Um, but, you know, there's always inherent risk. And so you, you always have to be be mindful of that. But I'd say so far, um, we invest, we've invested in areas that have had positive rent growth, positive demographic growth, population growth, um, stable and or positive job growth, or uh, multiple large employers either in the market or coming to the market. And we invest in quality. Uh, you know, we, we've invested primarily on the West Coast in areas that we know. Many of these, these properties are transit-oriented developments, so in and around, you know, public transit, uh, catering towards a specific demographic of people. You know, we have our project in Las Vegas, um, which is, is uh, the Ellison. And that project is our flagship, and we saw a massive population shift and demographic shift into Las Vegas, uh, you know, at the height of COVID as the cost of living in California uh, increased. Yep. And looking at macro and micro trends to really impact how we invest um, and betting on those more so than like, hell yes, this is a home run. You know, it's like yeah. we're, we're meticulous in how we, how we approach an investment and there's a, a bunch of different factors that go into it. Yeah, like staying on the micro factors. Do you look at the school district? Do you look at, you know, do they, is there a police department nearby? Like, I'm so curious about these like little external factors that maybe people brush over, but you maybe evaluate. So school district is important. We, we've invested in places that are safe, uh, you know, relatively speaking. But, you know, I'd say you also invest in areas where you have local community support. I, I can kind of go through some of our investments, but we have one in Bellflower, California, you know, which is five minutes from where I went to high school. So I know the area very well. Um, yeah. We, we were able to leverage that to get local community support and local community buy-in. Um, it sits right next to a transit line. Uh, and it's what I consider a secondary market in a larger market. So, you know, broader LA, you know, we're talking, but a small, you know, suburb of LA um, that provides access via transit to the airport, downtown, and some of these other areas. So um, a bunch of different drivers that we take into account, you know, that allow us to make I'd say sound decisions. And one other thing is multifamily and commercial real estate in general, you always think, obviously you want to buy right, but you think about who you're exiting to. And so everything we've done so far has been at a scale that we can exit to a large family office, institutional partner, you know, or somebody of that, uh, that size. So it's about crafting your investment into who you can sell it to as well, um, which is what we've been mindful of. Yeah. It sounds like the, not the overlying theme here, but a huge thing that you really take into consideration is familiarity. You, you're familiar with Vegas. You grew up near Bellflower. In this early, you know, sort of steps of the journey, it's like, what place do I know the best that I know I could have a special impact that I wouldn't be able to have in Wisconsin or where I'm from, Houston, right? Like the familiarity factor seems very important. Oh, for sure. Familiarity is, is crucial. And I mean, that's where you get your edge is, you know, certain things about that community or that area that others may not. Uh, and so you can speak to things, you can provide, you know, services, you can place make the, 
the property a little differently um, than somebody outside of, of the area. So it, it's it's those little things that I think create create advantages. Okay, okay. All right, Josh, here's what I got. I got two case studies. We're going to go through two investment properties that I want to hear your thought process on, and, and I want you to you know, share a little about them. The first one we got to start it with is one that might hit close to home. It's called the Garvey. Can we talk about the Garvey? What went into that decision? What can we expect? Like, let's get into the Garvey. Yeah. So the Garvey is close to home because it's, it's a project we're working on in Compton, which is where I was born and raised. And, you know, we're, we're providing 75 units of permanent supportive housing to those that need it. Uh, it is a fully 100% affordable housing project. So um, we're working with the city, county, and the state to subsidize that development and provide services to the community via said development, uh, whether that's childcare, financial literacy, healthcare services. You know, there's an underpinning of an added benefit to that, that development that we, we, uh, we hope to to manage and, and hope to provide to the residents. Um, so it's a labor of love. It's, it's something that I'm super passionate about, just given that's, that's hometown and that's where, you know, where I was born and raised. Did you name it after Marcus Garvey or is it, is it separate? That is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Ding, 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 ding. All right. So we got the Garvey and, and what is the numbers? How big is the complex and, and like, what, what are we expecting quantitatively? So the, the project is 75 units. It's our smallest project so far. So we're, we're hoping to break ground on that one early, early next year, but um, it'd be a fantastic project and a, a catalyst for the community, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what are some of the um, activities or commerce things you want to happen around the Garvey I, I, in, a, in a perfect world? Perfect world for us, man. Like I said, we want it to be a catalyst. We want that to create retail spaces in the area. We want there to be some more banks coming into the area and really just leveraging new development to create more. Um, and so that's what we view as a start to that, um, you know, in a city that really needs a lot of different things. Um, you know, Compton is, is uh, underlooked and, and needs a bit of TLC. And our goal is to try and bring, you know, this project and more over the years, you know, that are quality that people can be proud of. People can come home and feel good about where they live, safe. You know, one of the things we're putting in, in this project that we got a little pushback from, but we're putting like a, a basketball court and, and stuff in the property. Hey, you know, let's go. What do you, get it's, your it's, ones on, man. Yeah, it's impacted my life in a positive way. And so, you know, doing things like that, um, that aren't traditionally done in, in that kind of community, uh, providing safe, uh, you know, alternatives for families is, is what, we're, what we're about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you able to share what you put down, what you invested numbers-wise to the unit, and, and like what what kind of return you're looking for there? Uh, so that, like I mentioned, that one is different in that it's, okay. it's it's permanent supportive housing, and so we go out and get tax credits, you know, mm. for that project, and then we get uh, grants from different government agencies uh, to build that out. And so um, can't share that yet, but um, top secret, respect, yep. Uh, you know, the, the, the affordable housing development space is a little bit different than your traditional market rate developments. Okay, that's great. I appreciate that. Excited to see uh, the Garvey turn around the neighbor, that specific neighborhood in Compton, California, and it'll be responsible for Josh Childress. Josh, number two, we have the High Line, a little bigger in Las Vegas, you know, the city of flashing lights, but this is, you know, looks like it's a little outside the strip. 
geared towards the residences and, and community there in Las Vegas. Could we get like a, a teaser of the Highline? Yeah, so Highline, as I mentioned, is our flagship development and the name has actually changed. So it is now What the is Ellison. it now? The Ellison, okay. I, I, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, and, and that was done uh, because there's a, uh, there's another another Highline. So we were going through some due diligence. Uh, we found mm -hmm. that out. So the Ellison is the new name and the property is class A highly amenitized product. So mm -hmm. probably on the under, in, other end of the spectrum in terms of the demographics for you know, the type of tenant base we'll, we'll target. But it is 294 units of awesomeness. Um, it'll be, <laughs> I think... Probably, you know, the nicest property in Las Vegas, you know, we'll have a, a rooftop amenity deck that has this thing called the Nest, which is really cool and unique. By and large, we want this to be the go-to place for people, you know, who want to live in, in Class A product in, in, in Las Vegas. And it's just a, an interesting sort of a project, man, because this is like our first child, if you will. We, we went out okay. and this one in the middle of COVID. So, I mean, it, this has been a, a journey for us. And, um, you know, we're really looking forward to delivering this project in the future. Other components to it, we have 26,000 square feet of retail, um, of which we've sold one of those parcels to a very large retail chain. And we're in, in discussions to sell the other one as well. And, you know, really just, just putting the pieces together the right way on this one, um, you know, to, like I said before, something that we can be proud of, man. All right. I'm one for one. I'm going to try to go two for two. Did you name that after Larry Ellison? <laughs> oh, shit. all right okay yeah. no that, that that's what's up yeah man this is this is the big one right this is the one where to blast sort of landspire on the map um vegas is interesting man because yes you have the strip and all the the sin city vibes and marketing but you also have all these neighborhoods and and, and family areas um and the cost of living seems way more manageable than you know uh, fools like me out here, you know, getting money taken in, in San Francisco. Um, but was that a big decision in targeting Vegas? Like what, what part of Vegas appealed to you, you know, outside of the, this trip? Vegas has become, I mean, and no disrespect to anybody who's from Vegas, but Vegas has become like a real city over the last 10 years. And not that it wasn't before, but now you have currently three professional sports teams there, likely another two coming here down the pipeline pretty soon. F1, you know, is now doing an event in Vegas. And so sports is big business. Those individuals who own teams, um, and they pay a lot of money to build these arenas, these stadiums, you know, and put on sporting events. Uh, and you couple that with an intentional move from the Vegas leadership to add things outside of the hospitality industry, um, you know, where Vegas is not just the tourist destination anymore. It's like, you know, you got, you know, the NFL, NHL, you know, WNBA, soon to be NBA. Um, you I, know. I, I know pe I know people that fly in just for Raiders games. Yeah. And so you couple that with massive companies moving, you know, HQs to Vegas and to the outskirts of Las Vegas. It shifted as a, as a city. And, um, you know, that plus the positive immigration of people and all those things. You know, Vegas is, is is different now. And for that reason, we took note. We love uh, the market. We love the, the rent growth that's happened over the years. And we're, we're, we're banking on that. And so for us, the analysis was done on, you know, like I say, those, those macro and micro trends. Uh, you know, we feel good about that, that project. If I got space, my own space in the Ellison, 
how much would that that cost rental fee? Like, what are you hoping that that number nets out to? So for you, man, we might give you a deal. But not- <laughs> hey, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. What we got? What we got? Uh, I need uh, to go to Vegas more. Yeah, now, you know, so we're we're targeting very specific demographics, and uh, you know, those rents, you know, are ranging from you know two. 250 to 260 a foot, uh, you know, in some cases a little bit higher, but you know, we're delivering product to the market. Like I said, that isn't there currently, it'll be the best property in the market. And, uh, you know, people tend to pay up a little bit for that, but you know, in exchange, you're, you're living with people who are in the same sort of, uh, you know, situation as you maybe create some, some business partnerships. And, you know, I'm hopeful that Raiders will come live there and golden Knights and aces and, yeah. Whatever the Las Vegas NBA team is going to be named. Wow! And, wow! So um, it's that sort of product, uh, and and we we look forward to delivering that. Did you just say Las Vegas NBA team? Uh, it's happening. I don't know when, but it's happening. Man, that's incredible! You know, from from playing the league to now housing the 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 guys that will follow in your footsteps. Man, that's impressive. For the Hooper Group, this question is for them. How far is the Ellison from Bishop Gorman? Because, you know, that's where they had the Fab 48 and all that stuff happens. Like, if you, if you know, you know. If you can't, I, I can't explain it to you on the podcast. You just got to understand why I'm asking you this question. Like, how far are we from, from uh, BG? Well, let me, I don't know. Let me look. I was, I was <laughs> let's see. Um, I was looking as it relates to, let's see. We are five minutes from Bishop Gorman. Convenient. Uh, very convenient. It was always, I looked, you know, as it relates to the airport and to the Strip and to you know, Legion Stadium and all those, but never looked at, at Bishop Gorman. But yeah, we're five minutes away, so so very close. Listen, as a fake advisor, if you need, you know, any help on like where the properly place looks like you accidentally stumbled into a great place, man, because a lot of things shake around BG, whether it's like football or, or basketball tournaments, or obviously there's a lot of like big time athletes, or like ex big time athletes who send their kids there. You know, just a little, the demographics, right, that we're talking about, right? The details and like who would possibly want to live there. And I'm, sure. I'm, I'm just joshing, man, but um, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> but man, let's zoom out again. And I appreciate you, you know, talking about this two, two properties. In five years from now, man, where do you want Landspire to be? Five years from now, Landspire, um, I hope that we, we have over 10,000 units. Uh, I hope that we are managing capital for teachers and doctors and lawyers and everyday people in addition to institutional capital. Um, I hope that we have grown as a company and are providing more uh, working opportunities for people in communities like the ones I grew up in. Um, I hope that I can inspire the next generation of real estate investor. Uh, and I hope that I can also inspire uh, more and more athletes to invest in real estate and take a more active approach in uh, building out their communities. So, you know, a lot of big goals and, and things I want to accomplish. But at the end of the day, I always feel like I was built for this. I was built for, you know, doing the unthinkable and, and, and doing things that I didn't necessarily dream of as a kid. But, um, you know, I, I put my mind on things and I get stuff done. So that's the goal, man. And Hopefully five years from now, you'll let me on your podcast when you're, you know, more successful than all of us and, you know, <laughs> Stop it. and you know, Stop and, and it. talk about, uh, you know, when I was, when I was on, on here now. So, um, you know, really, yeah. really intentional about that and want to just build something special that I can, I can be proud of. 
Man, well, the ANA community salutes you, Josh. This has been a great episode with uh, former NBA vet Josh Childress, who is now the CEO of Landspire Group, coming to a developing city near you. Thank you, Josh. I appreciate it.